every nation, every tribe, tongue, and nation, God wants to be represented in heaven. And so whatever tribe you're from, what, whatever nationality, we joke a lot about sometimes our nationalities, but we are one in the Lord. We are, we are made one in his image. We, are, we become united. He crosses denominational barriers. He crosses racial barriers because every person has a heart. Every person has a soul. Every person has is on the heart of the Lord today. And he knows where we're at. He knows when we're down. He knows when we're, we're doing okay. And what he wants is that you will trust him. That you will lean on him. We don't know about tomorrow. We don't know about the, all the answers to the problems of this world. But we know the one who does. And you don't have to try to figure it all out. You keep digging in his word. You keep strong by his word. It produces our faith. And you will be just fine. It's going to be just fine. You're going to make it because Jesus Christ is for you. You're going to make it someday when you meet the Lord. You're going to just say, this was worth it. This was worth the fight. This was worth to keep the fight. And so I'll title this message, It Will Be Worth It All. It will be worth it all. We sing that song, It Will Be Worth It All, when we see Jesus. Our passage today is 1 Peter 1. We're looking just briefly at, uh, at the first verse 1 until he mentions Peter's mentioning the churches that are scattered. There's several uh, uh, names in there. I will not even probably read that verse, but that the names are quite, some of them are little tongue twisters. But uh, is, the point is that there's talking about the church. And the church, that, though it's scattered, it's still the church. And, and in essence, we, we, we are one church. In heaven, it's the church. It's not, well, you're the denomination. You'll have this corner over here. Now, I see the Baptist, and we got to get over there where it's calm. And, you know, we, we tend to have a segregation thing in our heads. All tribe, all t- nation, all people. Aren't you glad that you can be yourself today? Come on. I hope you're glad you can be yourself. And come to rest and being yourself. You know, you know, no, no one ever, no one really expects you to be more than yourself, right? I hope not. You can't be more than you are. Well, you can in a way. With Jesus, you can become better, right? But this is it. What you see is what you get, right? But the Lord is working with it. The Lord is working with you. And so don't be discouraged. Here, here's the passage. He speaks in verse, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying word, work of the Spirit. We talked about that very word in Sons of Class, the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. God doesn't stop working on you. How many need work? I'll, I'll admit, how many are a piece of work yet? How many know people that are a piece of you know, It's easy to, you know. Well, why? They need help. You see it every day. You drive in it. 
You shop in it. You've got people around you that are not going to be always polite. And But how are you going to respond to that? By the help of the Holy Spirit, you respond in the right manner. At the grace of God, there goes I. I could be a drug addict without Jesus. I could be just as lost as so many are. But by the grace of God, he called me out and chose me, and he chose you. And you heard his call, and you accepted Jesus. And because you accepted Jesus, the Holy Spirit is still with you and will bear witness with your spirit. You have a spirit. God is spirit bearing witness with your spirit that you are his child. That is an awesome thing. He is, we are not strangers to God. We are his children. And the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are in unity working on our behalf to bring us in preparation for all eternity with him. This earthly pilgrimage, as we're going to read here, uh, why do we call it a pilgrimage? Well, because it's actually a passing through place. It's short term in comparison to all eternity. If a person lived 100 twice, that would be 200, right? It would still be a short period of time in comparison to all eternity, which is forever and forever. How do you fathom eternity, the length of it? Someone said if you take a kernel of sand from one side of the ocean, west shore to the east shore, and travel with a bird, and one at a time, it would take eternity. It just, it just does not, it just, the comprehension of it. But it's a good thing. But we're going to live with him forever. According to the foreknowledge, God knows all things already. God already knows the faults that you have, that you're going to, he already knows all things. But yet he chose you in him to follow him that you might obey Jesus Christ, be sprinkled with his blood by grace, peace, be yours in fullest measure. Peter is writing to the church scattered, and he mentions the name in in verse 1, and he mentions this word alien. Maybe you have a different translation. I use the NAS in New American Standard which happens to use the word aliens. Now, alien in our world is like weird stuff, right? Weird stuff. There's a lot of folks that, you know, are fascinated about are there other creatures, living peoples in other worlds? Ah! Well, we know there's a demonic world, right? third of the angels fell, so they went crazy following Satan, and he has weird 
demonic stuff going on. We're we're not we're not ignorant to that, but I'm not look looking uh, for aliens. The Bible says that we're an alien. Why? Because we're not home yet. We're not home yet. We're passing through. This life is temporary. This life is but a brief, short span. But God is calling us to give it all we have, to live life to the fullest, to share his love, to live life unto the Lord, uh, to make most of every opportunity to work. He says, when you work, do it as unto the Lord heartily. We get to work. Oh, boy. How many like projects? You enjoy fixing things or making things look better. Uh, Maybe you're into the gardening. Maybe you're into the landscaping. Maybe you're into the flowers. Maybe you're into whatever. Maybe you're into the woods. Whatever God puts an interest in your heart, we are to give it to the Lord. Do it as unto the Lord. Uh, glorify the Lord above and beyond all that we do reflects of our walk with him that we represent the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Listen. Blessed, verse 3, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Wow, what a verse. What an encouragement. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great... Do you know that it was the mercy of God that saved us? It was the merciful act of God that he came down to this world to suffer and die on a cross to be resurrected because of our situation, we were absolutely distant. We could not be connected with God. We could not save ourselves. We, No matter how good we live, it would never be good enough to enter into the presence of God. And so, he causes us. He causes us. Salvation is the work of God. Salvation is the work of the ministry of the Holy Spirit who draws us, who wins us, who convicts us. Thank God that we feel guilty when we sin. Amen? Why? Because we want to change. We want to make it right. And the Bible says if we sin, we need to confess our sin. He is faithful just to forgive you, cleanse you. Your sins are then washed away as far as east is from the west, and he remembers them no more. And believe that, friends. He, his word is true. He remembers them no more. And so, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to set us apart for God. You're set apart. You're not your own. You're not your own. The reins, the wheel, whatever you want to put in there, the 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 order, the 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 very acts that we can do, the very fact that we can live and have our being is because of God. 
and the mercy of God. And so how should we live then? Because God has shown us mercy, we too ought to show other people mercy. We are to live in such a way that represents the merciful God that we serve. A God that is willing to go out of his way down to this earth like the good Samaritan did. When he found the man bleeding on the road, he took out of his time, he took out of his wallet, he took out of his compassion to reach down. Friends, we have such opportunity around us, don't we? You can't go very far in this world, you will find hurting people. You can't go very far, you'll find students that are, that are struggling with finding any kind of hope why they should even want to live. There's so many of our young people that are struggling with all kinds of horrific things. The church needs to be praying and loving on them, not condemning them, encouraging them, building them up, speaking life, speaking, you know what, I just see good things. I just bless you. You are good at this. You know, this is really, you, you, need, you need to do this. And a young man that's um, going to be here tonight, but he's, he bought his banjo, you know, when we played in, you know, practice yesterday. I said, man, you, you need to play that thing. He's kind of just like, I haven't played for a while. It's kind of rusty. I said, you need to play this thing. You're good at this. You can really even get better. You need, you need to do this. So we need to speak life. God spoke life into you. God breathed into a man, his first Adam, and said, you are a living being. Breathe it. When we come to salvation, where in essence we are born again, we have a new breath with the life of God in us. We can live and have our way in such a way that it is pleasing to God. Nicodemus could not understand. What in the world are you talking about, Jesus, when you say you have to be born again? Can I enter back into my mother's womb? He was thinking natural. Impossible. But Jesus spoke and explained to him, the wind blows where it wishes. And boy, we've seen a lot of that around here lately. And you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from or where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. God is working by his Spirit on behalf of your loved one when you pray for them. God is working by his Spirit. He's already gone before. And he's wooing and, and bringing and hovering. The wind of the Holy Spirit begins to stir. The winds of God blew on the day of Pentecost. Remember the story in Acts 2. On the day of Pentecost, it came as a sound, a mighty rushing wind. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in a different language. It hit the house. It changed their lives. They were so empowered. They were so filled. They went out speaking and preaching, praying for the sick. Sometimes even the dead were raised. 
Many miracles were happening because of the power of God in their lives. I believe the wind of the Holy Spirit wants to blow in our world, in our country, in our nation, in our schools. The wind of the Holy Spirit wants to blow through our community, a stirring. Could it be that some of these natural things that we see are seemingly, in my opinion, increasing? Uh, seemingly, the uh, weather seems to, when it storms, it storms seemingly. I don't know. I don't really quite remember it ever storming like this in September. But I, I'm not in control. Let's guess who is in control of that? God. Could it be that he's stirring people? I'm coming soon. I am in control. Your life needs to depend on me. Your life could change overnight or in one moment. It could change and has for so many people in our nation. But Joel said, "My in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. I'm going to expect that. that we can, we, do you believe we're living in the last days? <laughs> absolutely. I don't think there's one in here who would disagree. We are absolutely in the last days. I don't know. I, I don't pretend to make up things, but did you guys see that sunset the other night? It was really huge. It was kind of like... Um, Oh, the clouds and the cover kept it from being really bright. It was just huge. Wasn't it massive? What a displayed splendor. But Joel said there'll be signs in the earth, signs in the sky. It just could be a little preview. Guess what? The rapture's right around the corner. Because the second coming, after the second coming, then the judgment start. We want to be out of here. We want to be caught up. Praise God. Wow. Listen. It will be worth it all. When we see Jesus, when he looks us in the eyes, say, come home, my son. You're home, my daughter. You're home. Thank you for trusting and believing Nicodemus, I think finally, seemingly, I think began to understand that Jesus was talking about a supernatural spiritual birth, a regeneration, a changing of one's heart, a changing of one's mind. In order to walk in a different way, we must align ourselves to Jesus we repent. We say, here I am. I'm no longer, I'm not going that road anymore. I'm not going that path anymore. I'm not going to give in to that, that kind of a temptation. I'm by the help of God. I'm going to walk. But listen, we still struggle even as a believer. But Romans says that we, we can overcome through the Holy Spirit. Listen, you don't get thrown out of the kingdom because you stumble and fall. Amen. You don't, God doesn't alienate you or the way you've, you're, you're, you're no good, but he woos us back. He convicts us back, and we need to keep surrendering, 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 giving the Lord the reins to our wheels and our heart and our whatever it may be. God is for your marriage. God is for your family. God is for you to have success, that you will you will be able to shine as a beacon light in a in a world that is darkened by so many negative things. 
and our children will rise up and they will lead the way for many more people to come because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, secondly, because of the mercy of God. It has been said mercy is not getting something we deserve. That's we deserve hell. But grace is getting something we don't deserve. We get heaven. Mercy is getting not getting something we deserve punishment. We deserve. But mercy. You read the book of Ephesians. And Paul described the chapter 2 that he was, he was dealing with those who were in former life. They were like, he was reminding them, some were like, like, I'm going to get there in here in just a moment to read this, but this is such an important passage, Ephesians chapter 2. And you'll find there, it's just a powerful, he's describing you were, verse 1, you were dead in your sins, your trespasses and sins. You, in which you formerly, he's reminding the Christians, he's reminding the, the church that you were formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit of it is now working in, a, in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest by nature. We were destined for wrath. But God, this is like it stopped. Verse 4, you stop. But God, and we can camp there. But God came down. God, God came to help us because he's rich in mercy. Wow. Mercy. Wow. Mercy. There are those who are crying out, wondering if there's a God that hears them. There are people that are broken and, and discouraged today, wondering. They're listening to a lie of the enemy. Some are wondering if, why they are even here. We, the church, we've got to pray. We've got to love on them. We've got to somehow be strong and fight this battle. Listen, if Jesus came to give us life for our sins, there may be some of us that are chosen by God to spend a little extra time investing in someone else. I talked about being a mentor some time ago. I just mentioned it. But sometimes as you get older in life, and as you get older in life, Lord, <laughs> as you get older, I'm not picking on you, but you're kind of one of them guys I can pick on, you know. But as you get older, and you can be the one who decides when you're older, you look for opportunity. And may you have opportunity to instill a value of encouraging someone else, maybe in a season of life where they're wondering, how they're going to make it. They're wondering how they're going to get to the next thing. Just to get from paycheck to paycheck. Just to get from week to week, day to day. It's a tremendous, a tremendous need. Overwhelming. It's like 
It's like the man who was trying to save this one of the starfish or was something that the ocean waves had washed up. It's like that man that, you know, what are you doing? Someone said, what are you, you throwing them back? Why, what do you think you're going to do by throwing them a few back? Well, he says, it'll make a difference to those. Something about that. You see, we can even look at the situation. This is hopeless. Our nation is hopeless. Just, just, we're just, we just want the Lord to come, and we do. But wait a minute. Can we just finish? Can we just face and admit to our God like a, Nick, like a, uh, a Nehemiah? Can we be like a Nehemiah? Because something stirred him up. God stirred in his heart. My hometown is devastated. My hometown is broken. My people are away from God. I'm going to go do something. And he looked around the circle. He looked around and he, he scouted out the situation. And it says that he did not tell anyone what his God was putting into his heart. Listen, is God putting something in your heart? Is God speaking to you about something in your something that would your would be a dream come true? It would be something that would it would just make your life. God can do that. And so whatever He wants us, we can be listening. Maybe it's just speaking to a person. Maybe it's just writing. We used to do that. Write out a note. <laughs> but now we send texts, and that's okay. But it's something about someone taking the time to write a word of encouragement. You see, it's the mercy of God. How can God be so merciful? He is a God of mercy. But he sees beyond the present. He sees past the sin and sees the product, the sanctified, the sealed, the set apart, the saint, so to speak. If we had to wait till we were good enough to come to God, none of us would be ever be good enough. It would be absolutely hopeless. But because, but God being rich in mercy, he saved us by his grace. Through grace we are saved. It is his gift through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I'm leading up to this passage in First Peter. They're really dealing with some trials that the church is facing. And this particular era, the church was facing uh, tribulation, persecution, um, it was important that they understood that they will face trial. In fact, there's a verse here that's quite, what should I say, eye-opening perhaps at verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, oh boy, when you're in a trial, every moment is a long time. 
If you're in pain, every day is a long day. But God is saying you're here for a little while. And then he says, if necessary. And I wonder, what? What? Is this necessary? I don't understand how many have been here. Why does that person, why, why me, Lord? What did I do? We, we will get there. We'll say, well, what, Lord, what, am I, what, what did I do wrong? And sometimes, you're, you know, may, maybe it's better to say, you know, Lord, are you trying to tell me something? And I'm here, Lord. But it may not be anything you've done wrong. It's because you live in a fallen world. And the rain falls on the just as well as the unjust. You don't exactly know everything. Problem is, when we try to make things happen without seeking the Lord about it, I, I really feel that We'll save ourselves a lot of anxiety if we'll seek him first. What does the Lord want? What's God's will in this? Is this trial necessary for me to become closer to you? You mean to tell me that God wants me to come closer to him and, and that sometimes will cost me trial? Wow. But he goes on. That the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, and though you have not seen him, and though you have not seen him, you love him. That's faith. Loving someone you can't see. Believing, believing in, but you see his result. You sense his presence. You feel sometimes the, the warmth of his embrace. You hear him speaking to you in your innermost being. And though you do not see him now, look at this, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy, inexpressible, full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. It will be worth it all. The day will come when he will reveal. The Bible says the secret things belong to God. The secret things but the things he has revealed belong to us. It will always require faith, faith, faith. Without it, we can't please God. Without it, we can't really walk as we need to. Faith. Sometimes sounds so easy. And People will even say, well, you just need to have more faith. You know, you'll, you'll, get, you'll get sometimes that kind of a, well, listen, friends, let us, let us weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Let us have mercy 
and people around us. Can we be like Jesus? Yes, we can. When we take in the fact that we were we were destined for wrath. We ourselves, as the Bible says, we ourselves were, 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 were away from God. We were uncaring about his, his word. We were uncaring, but God reached down. While we were yet sinners, while we were yet not understanding, while we were yet distant from him, that is nothing but the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the mercy of God, and the faith of that is mentioned here being more precious than gold, more valuable than anything that we could actually think of in this world. Your faith is the greatest treasure in Jesus Christ. You are rich. Think about it. Everything on this earth doesn't matter at all when we see Jesus. It's just a temporal. Listen, your house is like a tent. Your house is really just a temporal place. Let's believe God while we are passing through. Let us be a people that will leave a word of encouragement. My wife is good at this. Can I tell on you? She likes to write little notes to the, if you go into a motel, and she'll leave a little tip. And she'll write a little note of encouragement, something that would maybe bless them. You just never know. Can you imagine you're doing your work, and you're going through, and you're used to just picking up stuff, and all of a sudden you find this note, and it says something very kind, and there's a little gift in there. That would make your day. That would be like, God, maybe there's a God. You see what I'm saying? You see? Share the mercy that he shared with you. Share that with others. Spread it around because he's taking us to a place that we will not be disappointed. You will not be bored in heaven. You will be more alive than you could ever imagine. You will understand. You will be in his presence. His scripture says you will be like him, for you shall see him as he is. It will be worth it all because he has saved us for. Ever, not just for now, but forever and forever with him. Can we keep on then? Yes. How can we keep this battle? How, how can we keep fighting the good fight? Because it will be worth it all. It's always too soon to quit. Think about that a moment. I picked that up from someone else that was sharing on a missionary, from a missionary's perspective. And he said, this, this walk here on earth is one battle after the other. It's God getting you through that 
getting you through this one, getting you through the next one. And all in all, he comes down to this phrase, plot on, plot on, plot on. Listen, listen. It's not about how sprintful. You know, there are some people, seems like some ministries, they explode, and I, I just go, well, bless them. God only knows how much we can handle, and we're to be found faithful. You're doing a good work right here in this community. You guys are living it out. You're showing kindness. You're being faithful to one another as husbands and wives. You're being a people. You're just loving God, looking for an opportunity. God's going to bless you this week because you're looking for an opportunity. God's going to bless you. God's going to reveal something new and fresh in a way that I believe that it will send a message. Can we pray in closing? Can we say, Lord, help us to walk through the doors you open. Help us to minister and look for the opportunities in small ways that will encourage people around us. Thank you, Lord, for the mercy of God that not only saved us, but continues to walk with us in spite of us, in spite of our failures, in spite of our, at times, not being what we ought to be. It's in those times where we need, oh Lord, to come to the altar, come to the place of, of, of surrender, come to a place of acknowledging our need for you. And Lord, you're there to pick us up. You do not condemn us, but you're there to minister your grace and your mercy. But you also discipline us. You discipline us because you love us, not because we're a bad person, but because you want us to live close to you, closer to you, and live in that realm of victory. Lord, I pray for an opportunity this week that you'll bless your people. Lord, they will be able to, when they leave this place, be excited about the day ahead of them. And they will look forward to the week ahead of them. And they will see each day as a gift from you. Until we reach heaven, Lord, may we be found faithful, doing the work and the will of the Lord, tearing before you, caring for people around us, Jesus. We praise you for that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.